the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox. I am editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication. I am talking to the association's field services managers, uh, Jeff Shacker and Charlie Berno. And just so we can keep everyone's voice straight for the listeners, I will say, Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Russell. How about you? Doing well, doing well. Charlie, how are you? Hey, Russell, how are you today? I am doing great. We are going to be talking today about the three forms of municipal government authorized by South Carolina law, the council form, the mayor council form, and the council manager form. And this is something, as I understand, you guys talk about all the time. So I will ask you, how often would you say you answer questions about the three forms of government? Well, Russell, it, it's it's pretty frequent because, um, you know, it's so fundamental to how a city operates and what the respective roles and responsibilities are within a city. And sometimes they're misunderstood. I mean, they're a little esoteric, especially to the public, mm-hmm. uh, the nuances between the uh, among the three forms of government. And then I know, you know, when I talk to councils uh, about, you know, various topics or, or groups, a lot of times I start with a form of government because I do feel like, hey, if, you know, if you kind of visualize it in terms of building a structure, the form of government is that concrete foundation mm-hmm. and footings, you know, so I always start start there. Anything you would add, Charlie? Yeah, I, I totally agree with Jeff. I mean, it, it's a regular uh, question that we uh, receive daily, n- normally multiple times a day. It, it's it's a challenge. It's it's a lot of interpretation, and there's 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 really no uh, uh, one individual out there that they can go to that uh, answers this is right or this is wrong. And there is there is not authority vested in in the municipal association. That's that true. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, one thing I always hear you talk about is the history of how the different forms came to be. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I'd be glad to. And I guess, you know, I I get interested and kind of excited about it because I'm one of these sort of municipal uh, nerds, I guess you could say. But um, I find kind of the history of our forms of government in South Carolina, municipal government in South Carolina to be um, really interesting. So, you know, prior to home rule, uh, cities and towns in South Carolina pretty much adopted variations of the three forms of government we have now because Mm -hmm. we didn't have a general framework of laws that govern that. And so, you know, they had those forms of government approved and and they operated under those for a number of years. Well, in 67, the constitutional study committee was formed to look at the question of home rule and it looked at, at, you know, municipal government. It looked at the sort of emerging needs of counties because mm-hmm. counties were really urbanizing. You know, we don't have the best annexation laws, obviously, in South Carolina, and that was the case back then. So there's a good bit of growth happening outside of municipal limits. And so they looked at, okay, well, what changes could be made to, to make local government more um, efficient and responsive? And home, it was concluded that home rule could uh, help accomplish that. And so in 72, uh, the question was put before the voters, and the voters approved home rule. Um, among the home rule uh, amendments that were effectuated by the General Assembly three years later, so in 1975, with the passage of the Local Government Act, was um, standardized forms of municipal government. And so, you know, we've got three forms of municipal government today. 
Um, the constitutional amendments that were approved by the voters actually provided for five. There were two charter forms of municipal government that were never put into effect by the General Assembly. But what we do have is the mayor council, the council, and the manager form. Um, and it really also institutionalized, I guess you could say, or, or effectuated the uh, manager plan of government, which was a, like a progressive era reform, you know, back in the days of Woodrow Wilson and Teddy Roosevelt and all of those. Mm -hmm. And uh, and now that's, a, you know, one of the three options that are available to cities to operate under um, that's it's been standardized. So. And one thing I always hear when we're talking about all this is that uh, cities and towns can do great work under any of the three forms. Yeah, uh, th that is true. Uh, it, it is really the players that are in the in those positions that make uh, the government function, good communication, uh, working together. Uh, all of those uh, things should be present in each of the forms. Uh, and we see success in all three forms. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it's like, like Charlie was saying about collaboration. I mean, it, municipal government's a team sport. I mean, there's no one individual in municipal government that can accomplish anything without the support of their teammates. And um, I think that that applies to the forms of government because, you know, where you may have an individual like the mayor and the mayor council form or the manager and the in the council manager form empowered to do certain things by state law, you, the, the successful mayors in, in the mayor council form and successful managers in that form understand that, you know, they need to cultivate and maintain these relationships by being inclusive. And like Charlie said, collaborative and where you sort of soften the edges of the three forms, you know, so they're effective and, and, um, you know, they're team oriented approaches to solving problems. One of the key things that I understand is the same across the three forms is that in every case, the power granted by the state of South Carolina to the municipalities rests with the council, except as otherwise provided for specifically in the law. The, the council is the legislative body and the only entity capable of enacting ordinances, adopting resolutions, establishing policies, that sort of thing. That's the same across all three. That's correct. So all three forms, the, the, the full council is the, the legislative body. They, they create legislation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in fact, when you look in Title V, so, you know, Title V is that uh, component of state law where the municipal statutes are. Uh, you know, Title IV, you find the county statutes. Title VI, you find those that apply both to cities and counties. In Title V, Chapter Seven, and those are the a lot of the fundamental code sections that apply to all cities regardless of their form of government, it, it says, it provides that all the powers of the municipality are vested in the council. Mm -hmm. So if it were like a, an equation, it would be, you know, council equals municipality, municipality equals council. Mm -hmm. And so that's consistent across all three forms. So, that, you know, they, they, they pass laws in the form of ordinances. They adopt policies. Only council can appropriate money. Mm -hmm. You know, they got to do it with, a, with an ordinance. We call that budget ordinance. So... Um, I mean, really, the ultimate power and authority in all 271 cities we have is the is the council. I think a lot of the discussion about the differences between the three forms seems to center on the powers of the mayor in each of the three forms. Can can you guys talk about that? Well, and and I think we have to to start with um, maybe a perception misconception 
the the history is that is that the mayor is the mayor's position is the all powerful, mm-hmm. and and so many uh, citizens, uh, the the general public, don't understand uh, the the you know the separation of powers, the council's role, the possibly the manager's role, but under the mayor council form, uh, the mayor. Uh, serves as the chair of the meeting and is the executive of, of the day-to-day uh, functions. And so uh, beyond uh, the city clerk and the, uh, the administrator, the, it is the mayor's responsibility to hire and, and deal with the personnel issues and uh, bring in new people, letting people go, the day-to-day operations uh, of the city. Uh, in the council form, a little different, uh, there the mayor uh, serves as the the chair only uh, from a historical perspective. And so, uh, and the council has the full uh, executive authority Mm -hmm. and can delegate that as they see uh, to uh, a town administrator. Um, And then in the uh, city manager form, the mayor again serves as the chair, but however, um, the the manager has the executive uh, functions uh, in that in that form of government. So, but again, I go back to that perception issue, and in, in that that uh, the general public doesn't understand all those differences, and so it it puts um, it makes it for a unique uh, situation that everybody really needs to understand and, and respect. Mm-hmm. That it's not always as simple as a mayor you formulate as a chief executive officer. That you know in in the council form, the mayor is a member of council. That's right. When, when you look at the mayor-council form of government, you know, the mayor really does wear two hats. You know, the mayor is an important part of the legislative process and a member of the governing body and then has executive authority on the sort of other side of the ledger in terms of, you know, separation of powers and the branches of government. But in the council form and in the manager form, often the mayor's only role is as a member of the legislative body and sort of the ceremonial head of the city. And like Charlie was saying, you know, there are perceptions Mm -hmm. related. I mean, we all are familiar with the title mayor, and we all view that person as sort of the head of of the city, like a head of state type thing. And we've laughed about this before. And, in fact, I I laughed with my former mayor, I don't know, a couple weeks ago when, when I talked to him. I don't think I fully appreciated what all he had to do when I was with, I was in a city with the council manager form Mm -hmm. of government. And I see now, you know, working with mayors more so on the issues that they deal with when they call us for assistance or information or whatever it is, I've seen a different side of that. And uh, it's, it's a really challenging role, Mm -hmm. no matter what the form of government is. But certainly um, even in the, you know, the mayor council form, for example, let's say, you know, it, it, it is the, the mayor's responsibility is the executive to appoint uh, key positions um, and personnel, you know, police chief, fire chief. But any good mayor uh, respects the, the team, as we've talked about, and that, you know, getting uh, feedback, uh, certainly from council and others, is wise to build that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, the council's got respect. At the end of the day, the decision rests with the mayor. Uh, but again, uh, having a team environment, uh, what we see on a day-to-day basis uh, seems to work better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I used to kind of joke that, hey, there's no I in city, but there is, and there's an I <laughs> in municipal too. There's not an I in town, but yeah, but there's no I in team, and 
like Charlie was saying, I mean, I think that's very what he described with the mayor in the mayor council form of government applies to a manager and a manager form. I mean, no, no city manager is going to go out there and hire a key staff member or department head without at least clearly and openly communicating with the council before the appointments made. So it's really similar in that respect. You know, most of our, so we've got 138 cities and towns in South Carolina uh, that operate under the mayor council form of government. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like 80, seven or 88 of them are under a thousand in population. So most of them are pretty small mm -hmm. and they've got limited staff resources to do things like prepare budgets. And I, and I would imagine, you know, I can't, we obviously can't speak for every, every town out there, but probably most of those mayors are relying heavily on their municipal clerk, you know, municipal clerk at that. And, and particularly in a city of that or a town in that size is like the quarterback. I mean, they're, you know, they're doing everything. <laughs> It's like a running and throwing quarterback. I mean, every play, they're, they're trying to make something happen. But, you know, we've got a few uh, cities out there that are large in size that have the mayor council form. I mean, mm -hmm. like Charleston comes to mind, North Charleston, uh, what Goose Creek, North Augusta, Seneca. You know, there's some, some out there uh, that are, are considerable in size. Um, and I think in many instances, those mayors delegate the responsibility to a city administrator if they have one mm -hmm. or, or some, you know, some individual in a responsible role in, in finance. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with them. I mean, you look in Title V, Chapter 9, that's the um, chapter in, in state law that essentially lays out the responsibilities of the mayor in the mayor council form. I mean, it says the mayor has an obligation to prepare the budget. Now, at the end of the day, council can can approve that council can modify it council could could go in another direction completely with it but they have to present a prepare and present a budget yeah I, and jeff hit a, a key term the, the the term for the mayor is prepare <laughs> and and so council needs to be heavily involved in the uh the collaboration the adoption of that budget uh, council needs to understand what is in that budget and, and be given an opportunity to ask questions mm -hmm. and um, make any changes that the majority uh, seems uh, fit for the town. So again, we go back to that team, that, that word team uh, that, that's so important. And, and speaking of the team, let's talk about the powers of the full council under each of the three forms. Well, well, again, um, the, the, the council under the, the mayor council form, they have the legislative um, authority. So they, they, again, they are adopting the budget, adopting ordinances, resolutions. In the, uh, the council form, they have both the legislative and the executive authority. So uh, the council uh, uh, can delegate administrative responsibilities to one of their own. They could delegate responsibilities to committees. Um, you know, they could delegate responsibilities to a town administrator. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, many of our, uh, larger municipalities operate that. And, and, and sometimes that council form becomes somewhat of a quasi council, council manager form. It's not council manager in name, but in essence, that, that's how they have chosen to operate. And then in the, the council manager form, uh, the council simply has the legislative role and the, the executive is handled by the, the city manager. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, like Charlie said, I mean, I think the keys in terms of, you know, if you had to really concisely state what the role of council is, is, is council makes laws, council makes policies, council appropriates money to spend. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's always, and we get into these budget discussions with cities and, and you know, cities implement uh, instruments to raise revenue with an ordinance. 
you know, I mean, you adopt a hospitality tax, you uh, you implement uh, property tax, you know, property tax levy, um, you adopt fees. I mean, those things are done with an ordinance. You don't need a budget to collect money. You pass those ordinances and you're going to collect them. You need a budget to spend money, mm -hmm. and only council can make that money that is coming to the city available to be spent, regardless of source. I mean, donations, fees, taxes, charges, you know, yeah, Jeff, grants. Jeff. Jeff had a good point, regardless of the source. Um, and we get that question regularly is that there, there's some that, you know, you know, different pots will be put in different areas and, but the council needs to be the one approving all pots and how it's spent. Uh, we're, we're talking a lot about the American rescue plan funding. Council needs to be the one that, uh, you know, possibly the mayor and staff may present a proposal, but at the end of the day, council, the full council needs to be the one uh, making those decisions. Yeah. And, and, you know, when it comes, you know, we always talk about, you know, a, a budget is a policy document. It's a plan. You know, how are we going to achieve the goals that we have, including delivering services? Well, that, that you, can, you can learn a lot by looking at a city's budget, you know, and their audit, too. But regardless of the form of government, you know, the mayor council, where obviously the mayor's got a lot of responsibility in terms of preparing and administering a budget, um, you know, you get the manager form where the manager does similarly, you know, council, there's no separation of power. So it just, it's whatever they do with the executive functions, regardless of the form of government, council needs to take ownership of the budget process. I mean, they need to, they need to adopt a calendar that says who, what, when, and how, and establish deadlines and need to be actively involved in the process, even in the mayor council form. Um, because that probably is the form of government we, we see the least. Not that that's true of all mayor, council, cities. You know, I don't mean that. But that probably is the form of government where you see the least council involvement. But it's just as important that council be fully engaged in that form, and, and regardless of the population, as any of the others. And in terms of the people the council directly appoints, it's always the municipal attorney and the judge and then two of the three it's also the municipal clerk but not in council manager. the manager form the, yeah the manager is responsible for the clerk mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i think that i think that takes us to talk about the the powers of the manager or administrator taking care to point out that a city manager and a city administrator are not the same thing can we talk about that yeah, so uh, the city manager is an office. Um, it's uh, uh, defined as an office in state law. And so the manager is tasked with the executive authority. And so uh, council and the mayor should not overstep that and, and, and insert themselves into personnel decisions and uh, the like. Now, certainly, as, as, as Jeff alluded to earlier, that can be blurry. And so any good manager uh, knows that, um, you know, you, you probably need to give some heads up sometimes on some personnel decisions uh, <laughs> in, involving your, your council. So, um, and then in the, the administrator's uh, role uh, is anything that has been delegated by the council. So, mm -hmm. uh, and that should be outlined in an ordinance that's mm -hmm. codified in the code. Uh, and it's almost like a job description. These are the things. And so they, they may have some personnel uh, decision-making. They may not. They may only review and bring recommendations to the full council. Uh, there's, uh, we see different nuances uh, across the state. Yeah, exactly right. And those are good points. I mean, 
especially the office holder distinction, because if you if you look at Title V, Chapter Thirteen, you know that that's those are basically the statutes that that uh, establish the framework for the manager form of government, and many of them deal with the responsibilities of the manager. There's there's some in there that limit counsel, you know, and and I always I find it interesting that the word deal is used in there when it talks about counsel's inability to or being prohibited from dealing with employees. You know, I've always thought about it in terms of directing employees or some maybe um, inappropriate inquiry, you know, that, that may be uh, aggressive or, um, you know, isn't being channeled through the correct channels. Most of that chapter deals with um, the manager's responsibilities, and that's what makes it an office because the manager exercises some of the sovereign powers of the state of South Carolina. So they are an office holder. They should be sworn into office. An administrator's not, because an administrator, like Charlie says, exercises only those powers that have been delegated to the administrator by the council. Um, and ideally, that's done with an ordinance. If it's not done by an ordinance, it's sort of, it's de, de facto, it's not de jure, you know, and so you want to make that de jure. Um, and then there's, you know, there are some statutes out there, though, that, that treat the two positions the same. And oftentimes, like Charlie said, they look, or, or I think you alluded to, too, they look the same. I mean, you know, you meet the city administrator, and you're like, Okay, well, that seems like a city manager to me. You know, you, you, it's mm-hmm. hard to make the distinction until you get their business card. Um, but, you know, there are statutes, though, that treat them the same. So, like, um, for example, the Ethics Act, you know, with um, a financial, you know, st- uh, economic uh, um, statements of yeah, economic uh, interest. Statements of economic interest, thanks. Um, you know, those, they're treated the same. Um, the Public Records Act, I mean, the buck stops unless they delegate it to a records officer with the chief administrative officer. Mm-hmm. Well, city manager, you know, city administrator. So there's some out there that treat them the same. You know, one distinction we may not have mentioned is that uh, council manager form, that the manager exists by law, but an administrator in the forms may or may not be appointed at all. There may or may not be an administrator. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's yeah, you, true. And in most, and as, as Jeff alluded to, most of our uh, small, particularly the mayor council form mm-hmm. uh, of government, they don't have an administrator. And so you see a clerk and, and the clerk, uh, the municipal clerk may take on some of those, as Jeff mm-hmm. said, they wear many hats. Uh, they may take on some of those roles where they are one day, they're the the serving what an administrator typically would do. And then the next, they may be the HR director and then... <laughs> Then the next, they may be the janitor. So that that clerk function is is very challenging, mm-hmm. um, a very challenging role. Yeah, and we've seen several that have have gotten a promotion yeah. to administrator. That's I mean, right. Yeah. So, but before we got started with this recording, I, I asked you guys to think about some of the thorny forms of government questions you get, and I think maybe the very first thing you mentioned was committee appointments. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Charlie and I have both experienced it. I, I know I'm I'm working one with one actually right now, uh, where, and this is the case in in a, in a number of cities where there is a system of standing committees. We call it a committee system, and they're mm-hmm. most prevalent in the council form of government. But we do see them in the other two forms. Uh, but sometimes the mayor will have a point of authority over committee members. So they determine, okay, well, who, which members of council serve on what committees and, and who chairs those committees. Uh, sometimes that, you know, it, oftentimes it works very well. Uh, sometimes 
where there's already a little bit of conflict on council, it manifests itself mm-hmm. in uh, committee jostling. And uh, um, and so that can kind of introduce, be a crack door to further conflict. Um, but then in other uh, in other cities that have committees, um, you know, it's the council that determines, you know, who serves on the committees. And, uh, um, you know, committees, it kind of reminds me of uh, social media or at least how I I look at social media. There's a lot of good that comes from social media, but there's also challenges that come from it. Committees can be like that because it's not just the appointment. Sometimes the, the, the members of the committee, either the various committees either don't understand the role or choose to ignore what the role (laughs) is. And they stretch the, 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 the purview and authority of the committee to a degree where, you know, it can create some issues. So, so what else is, um, what else comes across as as thorny issues? And we've gone, we've talked about it. I mean, uh, and it, just simple communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly as as we've said, yes, the this the statute, the law may state that the buck stops with the mayor, uh, but uh, you know, any any good mayor knows that they've got to communicate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the simplest stuff, um, but but vice versa, uh, uh, the council has to respect. Um, that the mayor is perceived as the all-knowing. And so uh, any good counsel, if they get information that is helpful to the mayor, they are sharing that. Uh, and um, it, it, again, uh, can't stress, we, we say this word again, team. Uh, it, it, it's so important in all three forms. Um, and there's there's a lot of this jeff alluded to the committees i mean i think so many of our folks want um as, as we said the final answer and and there's not one i mean certainly you can uh review uh south carolina attorney general opinions mm-hmm. uh you can review court cases that that give uh good guidance but but there's there's not a, a final decision for every situation that that you're in and uh, sometimes you just have to make the the best decision that's best for the team. Sometimes we kind of focus on on small towns when we talk about issues, even though, you know, when you look, I mean, there's a wide variety and level of diversity in terms of the size of our cities mm-hmm. and their capabilities and, and the level of services they provide. I and mean, we've got a large number of full-service cities that we work closely with in field services and then as an association. But, you know, of our 271 cities, 123 of them are less than 1,000 in population. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I hadn't checked the 2020 census. So maybe that's changed a oh, little bit. Oh, that number might have moved a little yeah, bit. Might, might, yeah, the needle might have moved a little bit. But, but, you know, prior to that, at least, you know, we had 123. You know, so we deal with small towns a lot. And I, I hear frequently over the years I've heard from council members that have made comments. You know, they've, they've had issues with their, with their mayor or whatever, whatever the case may be. And they've said, well, I don't even know why we have a council. You know, mayor does everything. We should just have a mayor. And I always think to myself, well, I mean, you know, we don't have monarchies in uh, <laughs> in uh, in the United States. I mean, you know, so the the council plays such an important role. And then I hear from mayors in small towns, they get frustrated because they're like, well, the council members, you know, aren't aren't doing enough to help. You know, <laughs> I'm down here all the time working, and they show up for the monthly meeting, and you know, so um, it. Like Charlie said, I mean, it's a team sport. I mean, the, the everyone needs to be fully engaged and needs to be pulling in the same direction and working together. And it doesn't mean you have to agree on everything. Let me ask this. In my 
experience with municipal government, limited as it is, I have never observed a city or town changing the form of government, but there is a mechanism for doing that. That's right. Um, you know, council can either uh, adopt an ordinance uh, mm-hmm. to call for a referendum to uh, change the, the form, uh, mm-hmm. and certainly then, then a, a referendum would be scheduled. Uh, the, the citizens can present a petition signed by 15% of the electors uh, to then uh, impel uh, uh, council to adopt the ordinance to call for that referendum. So those are the, the, the two methods to, uh, to bring forth to the electors um, a change of form of government. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the voters always decide it. Like Charlie said, there's two ways to initiate it. And, you know, and then, and then when the referendum's held, you're stuck with the outcome for four years. So, I mean, if, if the form of government's change is approved, and, and it's not a, a menu of options. It's we're this form of government currently, you, do you as voters approve us changing to this other form? So there's two forms that are in play, and whatever the result, uh, the answer to that question is that you have that for four years. But, you know, we did have an interesting period, and I'm trying to remember exactly when this was. I guess I've been with MASC now for eight and a half years, and it was at I guess fairly early on, maybe a couple years into the job, we actually had sort of a rash of former government changes. And I Mm -hmm. think, to my knowledge, it's the only time that's ever happened in South Carolina. Because I know when we started, we had 93 cities and towns with the council form of government, and we have 100 now. And one of them was Van Wick when they incorporated. So Mm -hmm. that, you know, that was an addition. But the other six additional council form cities were formerly mayor council form. Those councils and, you know, ultimately the voters just came to the conclusion that, you know, just sort of based on where we are today, you know, the council form may work better for us. And, um, and you know, it's, it's an interesting facet of that form of government, too, that there is no statutory separation of powers. So to a certain degree, you can kind of make it what you want to. I mean, it's the most adaptable mm-hmm. of the three forms. And I think that played into the decision of those six cities to, to change. But it happened over like a 24-month period, so it made a lot of former government uh, changes <laughs> at, at community meetings and things. But I, and and I, you know, a lot of the folks that I talk to, um, they they will think that um, that the change of the form of government is the answer to all their problems and the solution. And the reality is that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it, it goes back to, we keep saying the word, team, mm-hmm. uh, personality. Uh, you, you know, changing the form of government it, it is not going to help you to change the chess pieces. Uh, it's the same uh, folks that were elected are going to be the same people in office until they are either removed or changed by the people. And mm-hmm. so it, it still boils back to uh, communication, working together. Uh, for the betterment of, of the municipality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a great point. Uh, he and I have both had those conversations with uh, municipal officials, or and sometimes citizens, too, that call. And, and yeah, they, they think that, you know, the I guess you could say the proverbial goose that laid the golden egg is a form of government change. And, um, you know, like we, we say in our literature, and we always stay true to in terms of messaging, I mean, all three forms of government work. If everybody understands their role, stays in that proverbial lane and works together. I mean. So you, you have now mentioned both presentations on forms of government and also the publication, the um, forms and powers of municipal government publication. We have, um, Charlie, you have it open to the chart right now <laughs> that shows 
the powers under under the forms yeah. and um that's that's on our website that's at uh, www.masc.sc and also that's one of the ones you guys give out a lot too we, we do yeah. every every new elected official um, as soon as they're elected we that's one of the first things that we get in their hand mm-hmm. is the form of government uh publication and uh, i refer to it regularly mm-hmm. um and uh the tables are great it's laid out very well easy to to follow um so it's it's very useful easier than just trying to read your way through title five right absolutely (laughs) yeah that table i like that three column approach you know and then for you know uh, those of you that are listening that are in a council form city and we got a hundred of those um check your code ordinances um and specifically what i would look at are the council divisions articles Mm -hmm. and the administrative articles in that code and that that lays out uh, if you assuming that it's a you know a, a, a city with you know a professional staff and all i mean it's going to lay out the executive branch of government mm-hmm. in the code well that that takes me to the end of my list um any any final thoughts it's just a fun discussion yeah. uh you know these are the the things that, that that keep us up late at night uh trying to figure these things out and and help cities um and, uh, you know, working together is just so important. This is, you know, one of the best jobs there is, you know, in municipal government. And you get to work with so many people and meet so many people. And uh, I've laughed with my wife. I used to could tell you, you know, I'm a, I'm a Carolina fan. So I could have told you every player on the roster by name and what position they play. I can't do that anymore. I think I've got so many municipal names and titles <laughs> in my head that there's no room for any, any more names or like recalling those things. So we get to meet so many people and work with so many different cities. And one thing that I have found is I knew in many cases, one way of doing something mm-hmm. because that's how we did it at the city that I sort of quote unquote grew up at mm-hmm. um there's a whole bunch of different ways to do things and cities do things differently and the form of government is part of that you know it's it's what makes cities distinctive and and what makes them them and i've just been so impressed with no matter what the form of government is no matter what who the individuals are we've got so many cities out there that work well together and, and just doing great things in their community mm-hmm. um and and this is part of it you yeah know, it's the foundation of it very good well, Charlie, Jeff, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Russell. Yeah, Appreciate it. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the Association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.